You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Jenny Williamson. And I'm Jen McMenemy. And we're from Ancient History Fangirl. So... You're about to tune into Queen's podcast, and we're here to just give you a heads up. These two swear. Like a lot. Like a whole lot? So if that's not your thing, this may not be the podcast for you. But if it is your thing, you're in the right place. And if you like your history tipsy and interspersed with F-bombs, you might like us too. Check out Ancient History Fangirl wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Aragon. Kathy. Kathy. <laughs> so today we're talking about Catherine of Aragon. Yeah. And drinking a drink. What's the name of this cocktail? It is the most dramatic name in the entire universe. It's called a Paradise of Passion. Paradise <laughs> of Passion. <laughs> well, I mean, she maybe was a passionate person. Yeah. yeah. But it's uh, vodka, uh, apple juice, and pomegranate mm-hmm. juice. So why pomegranate? Because whenever. You're Queen of England. You pick, like, a symbol that goes on, like, your crest or whatever. And she chose the pomegranate to represent her uh, hometown of Granada. Well, that's fabulous because pomegranate is delicious. Delicious. This drink is so good. So, cheers to Kathy. Cheers to Kathy. Mm. She was born on December 16th, 1485, which makes her Sagittarius. And I'm a Gemini, so we would probably get along. Okay, okay. <laughs> and um, so why is she famous? Who? She was the first wife of Henry VIII. Which, if you don't know anything about history, he was... <laughs> spoiler alert, he had many wives. And she was also the mother of Mary I of England. Bloody Mary, as oh, she's known. God, don't send us hate mail. I know, I know. It's not... <laughs> Y'all, we don't call her that. That's just to give people, like, a reference point of who we're dealing with And here. I mean, the drink is delicious. A Bloody Mary is delicious. I don't care Bloody Marys. I do. I adore them. So I will think I'm going to like this Bloody Mary episode. That the, the, the Bloody Marys typically aren't vegetarian friendly. Oh, really? Because oh. they have Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire. Which is, it's my least favorite word to say. Doesn't that have, like, sardines or yeah. something mm-hmm. weird in it Yeah, like yeah, that? yeah. Oh. Which I'm pretty sure you could make it just without that, but... Anyway, anyway, let's talk about Catherine's <laughs> Let's talk about Kathy. So, whenever you were a princess in Spain, you were called Infanta. Infanta. In- so, she was the Fan- Infanta Catalina. Infanta Catalina. So, basically, whenever Isabel of Castile and Ferdinand of Aragon... They should sound familiar because, I don't know, they funded this little conquest. and This, this guy, guy, this guy, he had a ship and they gave him some money. What was well, it? What year did he sail the uh, ocean blue? 1480, no, 1492. Mm. Oh, yeah. Christopher so, Columbus. Heard of him. 
Probably did if you went to school in America. <laughs> <laughs> so her mother inherited Castile, which like is a big portion of what is now Spain, and it's like Madrid and all of central Spain. Yeah. And her dad, Ferdinand of Aragon, obviously inherited Aragon, and that's like the eastern coast of Spain. So, so when they got married, it like basically combined their territories to make pretty much what is today modern day Spain. And her parents were like the epitome of a power couple. They were the power couple of Europe at this time. The most prestigious royal households. And I mean, so basically she had a good life. She, (laughs) not a bad way to start out. She was the youngest of five. So Mm -hmm. she was the baby child. Mm -hmm. uh, And she, you know, actually made it into adulthood. Like most don't. So Catherine was born in a city near Madrid called Alcala de Hernerez, which Ooh, is that was really good, fancy. really good pronunciation. She's actually fancily born in an archbishop's palace. Oh, really? And yes, it was like a fortified palace. So she had a really cush life. Yeah. <laughs> well, and um, they were on the road a lot. Like her mother and father were crusading mm-hmm. when she was born. So and basically, her mother had to be like, "Oh, pull over the crusade so I can have a baby real quick." God damn it! I ain't gotta be such an idiot. <laughs> and I mean. They're basically going, like, city to city to city and, like, conquering. I wouldn't say conquering them, but, like, converting them. Converting. They're all Moors and they're all Jewish, so they're converting them to Catholicism. So, they were doing this thing called the Spanish Inquisition. Which is more than just a Monty Python sketch. <laughs> and see, I always think of, like, when, when I hear of the Inquisition, and you said you don't know it, but it's, like, the history of the world part two. The Inquisition. What a show. The Inquisition. I don't know it, but... Here we go. I know it now. Oh, <laughs> it's very catchy. It's, it's very catchy. So, yeah, her parents were doing that, and that was basically, like, they were going all of Spain's holdings and either running out the Jews and the Moors and Moors is Muslims um, and being like either you convert or leave and if you don't like either of those options there's torture to death and so naturally you have the Pope who's like oh my god this is awesome they, the Pope had such a hard on for them I know it's just like <laughs> you are the Catholic queen they were given the title Reyes Catalocos I love it Catalocos uh, which means the Catholic monarchs. I want it to, to mean the crazy Catholic. It sounds like a kind of loco. You kind of locos. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of how she was growing up in the mindset of like, it's put into her brain very, very young that women could be powerful and that Catholicism was the only way of life. And so the final place they actually took the Inquisition was in Granada. Granada, which it means pomegranate. Which is where we are getting our drink and where she got her symbol from. And it was her, she just, it was like, they were on the road so much that that was the place that she really was like, this is home. Yeah. Yeah. And And honestly, at this time, like, royal kids weren't ever really close to their parents yeah. and they were sent off to these people it's, to raise them. But it's really noteworthy that to talk about that she grew up with her parents. Yeah, like, Catherine of Aragon had her family around, had everyone around, but I mean, all, they were traveling a lot. Like, 14 out of the 15 Christmases they had were in different Spanish cities. She never stayed in the same Spanish city. She was just constantly moving around, but she had her parents there. Yeah. Which was something that was really a novelty back then. Yeah, absolutely. And they would see their mother every single day, but, you know, like, I guess maybe Cleo was the only other one that... That was, was really close with her, close parents, her parents. That we've talked about so far, but... But most Most of weren't. them wouldn't. They would, like, 
you're, you'd be born, and then you'd be sent off to your own household to learn. And it's not because the, they didn't love their children. It was like, okay, this kid needs to learn how to rule shit, so they would be sent off to their own household. And being around Isabella is like being around... What a fucking role model to have. be Like, she wore the pants in the family, and it yeah. was even, like, back she in the day... She wore the pants in Europe. Okay, so she- back in the day, basically, Machiavelli wrote The Prince, uh, and Ferdinand, who is Catherine's father, was, like, noted in it. But to be quite honest with you, it's more about... Isabel. Isabel was actually running the show because her and Ferdinand had an agreement, and it was like a verbal agreement. Was I'm going to try to say it in Spanish? Tanto monta, monta tanto como Isabella, Isabella como Fernando, which means that basically their words mean the same. Yeah, that they are equal. And so to say that back then, you're elevating Isabel Mm -hmm. to be as powerful as Ferdinand, which is unheard of for a woman to be wearing the pants. She was wearing the pants in this. To recap, her mother was the badass bitch of Europe, adored by, like, everyone, especially the Pope. Her parents started the era of exploration. Her parents were worshipped by the Pope. He loved them. And they also managed to be really, like, hands-on. And so she's got a pretty good start to life, I think. Yeah, one of the few that didn't have a lot of turmoil. Not yet. Not. Spoiler alert. <laughs> God, you devil. <laughs> She had an amazing education, yeah, by the way. She really did. And by today's standards, even by today's ye- yeah. yesterday's standards, it was a, like a r- by far the most educated queen we've had so far. Yeah. And her mother was actually denied that education. Yeah. And I think that's why she was so. So she was like, my children are going to have an awesome education. Adamant. Adamant about yeah. that. And her education was about literature, law, which mm-hmm. was very uncommon for well, a woman. Both religious and, like, regular. Yeah, and theology, philosophy, arithmetic, heraldry, and genealogy. Heraldry was like, um, you know the difference between, like, an earl and a duke and a prince and a whatever. And genealogy is basically an offshoot of that so that you know who inherited this from that and who inherited this from that. So She spoke, wrote, and read Spanish, French... Latin and Greek. English is absent from this list, which kind of gives me a little bit of rage. Why? I Who mean, wrote the fucking syllabus? You're you're about to marry an English king, and you don't know how to speak English. Mm. She anyway. also learned um, religion. I'm sure she knew the Bible insa- inside and out. Oh, yeah. I bet Every you could, verse. You could ask her Genesis chapter 3, verse 2, and she'd be able to quote it. And I, she'd be like, this is the quote. I and, can't. I, I don't know it. <laughs> she learned to draw. She was very good in domestic traits like sewing, weaving, needlepoint, spinning. She actually made her husband's shirts. The rest of her life. Her entire her life. Her entire life. And she would make shirts for the poor and stuff. She was... She was a gal. She was quite she a was gal. She was a gal. <laughs> and she actually learned how to draw and cook. Cook. Okay. Why? Why? Who, Why? Who's she going to cook for? She, oh, she's... The one of the in the richest families. Did she ever actually cook a meal in her entire life? Hell no. <laughs> Whatever. But she knows how to do it in case she needs to. And she was really good at, at dancing and playing music. I read a lot about all the instruments that she could play, and and she was taught to have good manners. Which I, I wrote LOL next to in the notes. Like, what does that even mean? But okay. so she was just a busy little kid. Age three. Age three. Betrothed, which is the old word for engaged. I mean, age 
fucking, fucking three. Age three. Like, she didn't even have her first pair of heels until she was nine, and then stilettos at age 11. So she was, like, <laughs> engaged well before that. So, obviously, these are different times. So, um, she gets engaged. She's betrothed to Arthur of England. Which is the son of the first Tudor king. So this was like a jackpot for the Tudors. Jackpot for the Tudors. <clears throat> so let me give like a quick, quick backstory on what's going on in England right now. I'll try to keep it brief because it is a really complicated time. England had just come out of a generation of war called the Wars of the Roses. Henry Tudor, a.k.a. Henry VII, took the country in battle. So he was the first um, Tudor king and he became so after... He's the last king of England to become so by conquering, like, during battle. There was a duke named John of Gaunt way back during the... In the 1300s, yeah, there was this duke named John of Gaunt, and he had legitimate children, and he had illegitimate children. And if he had illegitimate children, their last name should be Beaufort. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's the last name that all his illegitimate children took. After those kids, they were legitimized later after he did marry their mother. Like, when these kids were all adults. But it was written into, like, the act of succession or whatever that the Beaufort line could not inherit the crown. Henry Tudor's mother's maiden name was Beaufort. Margaret uh, <laughs> Margaret Beaufort. We're going to have to do her one day. She just sounds illegitimate. She she wasn't illegitimate, <laughs> no, but I'm she kidding. was a fierce bitch. So we're going to have to do her one day. <laughs> but that's, that's the line that the Tudors come from, an illegitimate line. So their claim to the throne was shaky. But Catherine of Aragon's mother was also a descendant of the same duke, John of Gaunt. So that made her line of secession legitimate. Yeah, she was from the legitimate line. So a lot of people argued that Catherine of Aragon actually had a better claim to the English throne. Which is why she married the Tudors. So the Tudors were like, fucking jackpot. One, it brought them uh, legitimacy. And two, it brought them money, 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 money. Something you need to learn. If you know anything about Henry VII, know that he is money Hungry. He would have shaken his ass like a stripper if he could have. Oh my god, if stripping was a thing back then, Henry would have had a night job. Shake that ass for some cash. Oh my god. (laughs) He was tight with the purse strings, to say the least. So, And not only that, but they also wanted an alliance against their enemy Mm -hmm. at this time, France. Yeah. So right now, you have Spain and England trying to align to hate on France. Yeah. So Spain, England, (coughs) and France... Like, throughout the history of Europe, are always warring with each other, forming alliances. And so right now, it's Spain and England being like, fuck you, France. So in the meantime, she grew up with her family. And the Spanish ambassador was sent to England to look at Arthur. And he make sure he wasn't, like, deformed. Yeah, he was, like, a year and a half old. And they, like, parade him out naked. Yeah. To, like, oh, look, he's not deformed. Like, look at this naked... What the... Uh, what the hell? The, everything with their, like, how Sorry. they treat children is just weird. <laughs> it's just it's so just weird. Betrothed at three, brought out naked at one. Yeah. They're like, what is wrong with you people? Exactly. <laughs> so, like, in the meantime, Arthur, Arthur and 
Catherine would write each other letters in Latin, which it is reminds kind of adorable. Me of like, it reminds me of being in like middle school, and you would write your pen pal from across the way, <laughs> from across the winds. You would have a pen pal in another school, and you'd write each other letters. Except yeah. theirs were in Latin. Ear so. <laughs> day, husband. Hey, this is Athy K. No, Nathan, that's Pig Latin. Same thing, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay, hundred cool. percent same thing. Awesome. All right, time to get these kids married. Like it, okay. for real, <laughs> this marriage. Con- contract was like complicated so we could do a whole episode just on their marriage contract but you're welcome we will not who rules this type of government what uh, who's gonna stand in here and do this and control these lands ridiculous anyway her dowry points her dowry was two hundred thousand crowns and that is the modern day equivalent of five million british pounds and 7.7 million dollars yes that's a little money girl and henry the seventh was like drooling he's like oh my god yes please like i've said shake that ass like a stripper he was he, ready for the money he was ready for the money absolutely. and not only that but well, they she like, got dowry lands yeah they it, worked so. it into like if arthur died she would get the lands. she, she would get have, like all these lands and all the incomes from them and also, oh and speaking of which okay this is a really sad story but um the war of the roses that we talked about earlier the family before the tudors were called the plantagenets but they had really, like, killed each other off pretty much during the Wars of the Roses. Brutal. It was brutal. And there was one Plantagenet left. Um, he was the Earl of Warwick. His name was Edward Plantagenet, but people called him Teddy. And he was actually simple-minded, so... Like, he was not. he was not a smart man. And when he was 10, there was, like, an uprising in his name... So, because he had a better claim to the throne than any tutor. He was a quote-unquote legitimate child. He was, like, uh, in the direct line of succession. So they put him in the tower when he was 10. Fast forward to Isabel and Ferdinand are like, we are not sending our daughter over there if there's going to be, like, an uprising for somebody yeah, with a better claim than you. her daughter would you. get killed. Her daughter no way. would get killed. And so they were like, all right. And they had Teddy admit, who's now 24, so he's been in the tower for 14 years. They had him basically convinced him to admit to, like, trumped-up charges of treason. So basically, like, Brendan and making a murderer. Oh, that's exactly like, what it makes me think of. the same thing. Like, like, they totally he... convinced this guy to say the wrong thing at the right time for them. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's he admits to it, and then they behead him. And so then Isabel and, Isabel and Ferdinand are like, okay, good enough for us. And Catherine actually doesn't learn about this until later on in life. I know. Or if she knew about it, then she didn't really she, comprehend. Yeah, it wasn't Like, anything. she would have just been told, like, some treasonous guy. You but know, she, it's like... she really did feel bad about it later on in life. Later in life, that, that haunted her. So anyway, all obstacles out of the way. Oh, let's, happy day. We're, let's talk about Arthur and Catherine getting married. Time they, the, the average age was 15. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was 14, she was 15. First they were married by proxy. So we discussed proxy earlier in the Catherine Proxy Dimitri. marriages. Yeah, it's basically yeah. like if I get my family member or whoever to stand in for the wife and yeah. we marry, whatever. Um, it's just the, a stand-in husband. The Spanish ambassador to England named Rodrigo de Puebla. She did have some little, like... He, he stood in as proxy on both marriages. Um, how nice would Skype have been to had? I know. It like, would have been like, <laughs> you may now kiss your screen. It would have just been so much more convenient than, you know, pretending you're marrying God, the where ambassador. were you, computer? <laughs> so she leaves Spain. 
She's got a huge crew. Um, ladies in waiting for days, like, even whenever she was, like, four or five years old, she had, like, a crew ladies in waiting. of ladies in waiting. And so a bunch of them went Chaplains, with her. Chaplains, noble families, servants, servants, tons of servants. Slaves. Uh, it's quite possible that Catherine of Aragon brought the first black people into England. And obviously, like, back then, whenever you had a royal wedding, it wasn't uncommon for the, her parents to not show up. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, if the whole damn family, like, went to the wedding, um, they could all die in a crash, or, like, somebody could try to take over while Have they're gone. Have you ever like, seen the Game of Thrones and the Red Wedding? Mm-hmm. That's why Isabel and Ferdinand didn't show up to England, because like, they were afraid mm, what shit. What if we all get killed the fuck out of Because, yeah. you know, they watched Game of Thrones. They watched because Game of Thrones was very popular back yeah, then. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> so, obviously, they didn't go back. Deal it was to Catherine. a huge wedding. And it's not like they had frequent flyer miles, and they could just, like, yeah. fly over to oh the ocean. Oh, my God. It took them... Their ship almost crashed so many times. It was like a really hard journey. <laughs> they departed Spain in July, and they didn't reach England until October. So that's it, how bad the journey was, how long it was. In today's terms, we can probably get there in a couple hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she arrives in England. And she Catherine arrives and in, crew. in Plymouth, not, not, not Plymouth Rock. No, but, uh, different Plymouth. Plymouth, England. And... <laughs> Finally. Oh, my God, finally. So, like, it was a custom back then for Spanish brides to wear a veil and not really, like, see the men in the family she's about to... It's a representation of virginity. And so Henry VII hears that Kathy has arrived and that she's wearing a veil and, like, won't let anybody see her face. He he thinks she's ugly. Yeah, or he thinks maybe she's deformed. Like, what if they're trying to pull a fast one on me? They sent me What a shallow bitch. Yeah, and so he gets on his horse, and he rides His high horse. He gets on... (laughs) He gets on his high horse. He gets on his high horse. rides on up into her crib. It makes me think of... I saw this cartoon once, and um, it was like, hey, get off your high horse! And it was a guy on a horse, and then it zooms in on the horse, and the horse is like, eyes are all bloodshed. Oh, God, no. <laughs> and, he's like, and he's like, what? <laughs> what? So he's up anyway. on his high damn horse. He's on his high damn horse. Coming to say, is this bitch deformed or is and, she not? <laughs> and so he rolls up and he's like, I want to see her now. And her ladies in waiting like are protesting. Like, are like, like, no, 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 no. No, bitch, you ain't gonna see her. Or in Spanish, no, 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 no. <laughs> and, and, and. Uh, Catherine actually agreed to She was just like, Fucking fine. It was like the middle of the night, so I'm sure she was like, if it'll get him to leave, whatever, he's going to see me eventually anyway. And he was pleased. Whenever he he saw her, he was like, oh, wait. Breathe a sigh of relief. Maybe I'm just tripping. He he thought she was very beautiful. He was like, okay, cool. I'm going to head back home. And I'm sure after that, she was like, what the fuck? fucking dickhead <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so like they he after that they take her to london and they tour around like a celebrity and mm-hmm. i read a couple things where like number one he's touring around with her and he actually had like arthur hide in certain places to see her Aww. and that, that certain like people would be around them like the the not the queen 
you know, his wife, yeah. Henry the Seventh's wife, would be there with her son, and yeah. they would see her and be like, "Oh, this is going to be your future wife." And all Catherine had to say about London is, "This place stinks. Like <laughs> it is smelly. It is nasty. Why are they parading me around in this?" Well, gross like we mentioned in the um, Boudicca episode, it was kind of considered like England was like that island at the edge of the world. It was kind of like compared to like Spain, Spain especially. It, it would have been like kind of like the sticks. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Kathy's used to like marble streets. And yeah, big, like it was not as fancy. She's here, and she's gonna be queen. And they treated her like royalty. They well, she treated, was royalty. Well, she was royalty. Um, but they, tr- they, the England people loved her. of England loved her until she drew her last breath. From the day that she stepped foot on English soil till the day she died, the people loved her yeah and when as we well, she was just like the she was what a royal person was supposed to be you know she, she treated was, herself well she helped other people she, she always she, she was very good. charitable and she was just a kind person and the way she carried herself oh they just they so, could not get themselves enough kathy after they paraded her through england they actually kind of meet for the first time yeah her, her and, and arthur meet and, and obviously like we just said she didn't learn how to speak english fucking learn how to speak english fucking izzy and ferdinand what the fuck are you thinking um, like teach the bitch english so they communicated in latin and but they had learned different pronunciations because there's an english pronunciation and a spanish pronunciation and, and so an they still one couldn't one. fucking understand each other so they had to have a cardinal like come and sit in and be like this is what she's saying but this is really sweet Arthur wrote to Izzy and Ferdinand and said I will be a true and loving husband all of my days Okay, Aww. he did. He did. He did win my heart. I with think that. he was a sweetie. Oh, I, I, okay. So let's paint a picture of what they looked like. Paint a picture of the newlyweds to be. Okay, let's be superficial. Yeah. So Catherine was described as short and almost, almost tiny. Almost tiny. Almost. Almost. She had fair complexion, but she had like long red hair down to her waist. Doesn't that picture, so we're looking at our notes and we have a uh, like the two pictures of them uh, when they would have been about this age, like the portraits. Doesn't she kind of look like our friend Catherine? She does, but I think that's because you're being a biased redheaded. <laughs> we are like, oh, we she have has a, red hair. She's Catherine. We have a friend named Catherine, not this Catherine, another one, and she's a she's a very pretty redhead, and they kind of look alike to me. They are, well, they do. Like, yeah, this one, yeah. This so one she had reddish little... gold hair that and, went down to her hips, and they said she was a little chubby. And not our, like ca- our Catherine, our Catherine is not chubby. No, but she was a little chubby. But back in that day, that was like that was a good thing. Bitch is fertile. Like, she gonna have kids. Like, so there were descriptions of her of being tiny and frail and all of that and there's actually like some things about her being there's a a, a story about her having an eating disorder yeah and honestly i think most of that is linked with her mother mm-hmm. and during stressful times her mother would quote unquote fast because that is a yeah, very it's christian a ca- it's thing a, yeah it's a christian it's a religious thing. thing so it was probably in times of stress yeah. that they would, or like times of war that they would fast, but um, but right now she's, she's not known with, any of that. She and and a, right now she's with Henry. And she's, she's a having, happy go lucky chubby little girl. She yeah. is. On, why would she need to fast? Ready like, no. to make some babies. So, but he was described as actually being kind of smaller than her, frailer than her, skinnier. Like he so, was. He was. He had an unhealthy skin color. Like, yeah, no. I think he was sickly as. So I don't think like throughout the throughout his whole life that I 
he didn't start to get sick until around this point to start to become frail. Like, he was a healthy kid before. It just, you know, he just didn't grow up well. But whenever they say that he was tinier than her, that makes me think of, like, I remember being in, like, the ninth grade and a lot of, I'm only 5'3". And I'd quit growing around that time, but there were lots of boys that I was still a little bit taller okay, than at that point. Saying, like, like they hadn't age, hit their final puberty growth stage spurt thingy, yet. Whatever. So I don't think that's an indicator of poor health of him being short. I think he just hadn't hit his next growth spurt or whatever. But they get married, and it is a big fucking celebration. Big to do. Like there's jousting and dancing and partying and, and they have these things and, like they, they call them tourneys and i'm like is that it's a tournament obviously but we don't know of what 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 is it there a were there were a lot of tourneys i bet it was sword fighting but you if somebody that. wants to write us and tell us what a tourney is and what tourneys they were having that would be awesome because listener I- zelda she's, <laughs> she's the one that wrote to tell us about the um <laughs> Tell us what the Holy Roman Empire was. So, listener Zelda, if you want to tell us what attorney is, we would love it. So, so anyway. This, this celebration is huge. And, uh, you know, hearing about the wedding, like the wedding with Arthur, she actually introduced the Farthingale, which is the big, what everybody knows of in English, Tudor the big fashion. Hoop skirt. The big hoop skirt with big sleeves and big poofy. So when you see pictures of Elizabeth the First, mm-hmm. Mary. That's a big, big skirt. Bloody that's... Mary, I don't want to say it. But those, oh, you said <laughs> again. But when you see that fashion of that big skirt, that was the power. She introduced it. She introduced it. That's awesome. There was the, a betting ceremony. So the, <laughs> there's this whole big wedding, and then they're like, all right, let's put these kids to bed. And so Arthur... And by bed, we mean sex. Yeah. <laughs> so Arthur had been boasting the whole night of like how he couldn't wait to get in bed with his wife, and how she was so beautiful, and he couldn't wait. And <laughs> so I guess that was an acceptable thing and to do. And <laughs> they said that they actually had to like prepare the beds. Oh, yeah. For the- oh, yeah. They said that they... <laughs> They test. They had a bishop come and test. Well, he blessed the bed. Like I guess that just means sprinkle holy water on it, and then test it to make sure <laughs> it doesn't break. And I'm like, what does that involve? I'm just imagining like somebody like doing backflips. Yeah, like, maybe so. Maybe so. Doing some <laughs> Kama Sutra. I don't like. What do you? What, how do you what? test? What well, is but really, do they think these two virgins are going to break the bed? I, apparently like, so. That, like, anyway. <laughs> They put them to bed, and but, luckily, unlike in the Catherine de Medici episode, they don't witness the bedding. I mean, okay, I, I, like, nobody I am stays grateful. and watches and makes. I am fun. grateful for that, but at the same point, I'm like, if somebody did have watched this, would all yeah history of this t- history, history would be so maybe different. different. Maybe it wouldn't be different. Um, but anyway, so be. they're put to bed, and everyone leaves. The next night. Arthur comes out of the bedchamber and asks for some water because he has been in the midst of Spain. And then when he's drinking his water, he says, thirsty work having a wife. Okay, virgin. Okay. (laughs) So So it was assumed it was consummated. uh, Because... It really wasn't considered a real marriage. Until, until they were, like, it could, back then, you could be married to somebody for 20 years. And if y'all never slept together, if y'all never had sex, it could still be dissolved. You have to like, say it, it like that, too. It wasn't. If you didn't have socks. If you didn't have socks. <laughs> bitch, if socks. you didn't fuck. <laughs> if you didn't fuck, it wasn't considered legitimate. So but anybody could did back Did they? Then. I don't know. Did they fuck? Did they fuck? That is the 
age-old question. What do you think? Me thinks they didn't have sex. I honestly think, okay, especially the first night. Because on the first night... And you know what? I was so full after my wedding. (laughs) I didn't want to even think about it. With all this feasting that they're talking about... They party for days. And he was drinking for, like, days on end. And he was 14. And he was 14. And he obviously... they Okay, so I read a story that after, like, they introduced him into the room, they were both naked, and then he leaves, like, literally minutes later and is like... It's like, I got something to uh, do. And then... Kath A comes Kath out. A. Kath A. She comes out and she points at this other guy. You should actually, see Nathan. I wish y'all could see his point. It was a very, it was it the was gayest very point diva. I've ever seen. She points at this like guy that's standing over there that's like a servant who's like all buff and beautiful and gorgeous. And she's basically, <laughs> she basically says to him. Or she says to one of her ladies, like, I wish, I wish my husband was like that. Not this frail boy that's never going to be able to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's never going to have be able to fuck me. And but I don't know if that's was, true. It's just it might just. But be a it story. was. It was obviously maybe it was made up. But he was frail as fuck. Yeah, like, he, like Arthur was I frail just, as fuck. I not just a little kid. Don't think they did it. I, and in Spanish culture, like the whole thing was, is that you're supposed to send the parents the bloody sheet, and like oh, even so even if. I'm so like, glad I live in the future where they don't do that. Even if she didn't, like, they mm. still would have sent it. They yeah. still would have sent a well, sheet to them. But and that, been, wasn't, like, that wasn't what was done in the English culture. That was done. No, but anyway. I, I, we're talking about Queen Is- Isabella. Izzy, and Izzy I, think, like, I think she would have been like, send me well, that sheet, bitch. So my <laughs> opinion changes. Daily? Daily. <laughs> like, since we've been studying this the last two weeks, like, my opinion changes daily. But here is what I do know. A lot of um, these women at this time weren't really given sex ed, so they wouldn't have known exactly what to do or what to expect on their wedding night. I don't think Izzy would have sent her daughter, I mean, more or less into battle without telling her what to do. She's Catholic as fuck, though. Izzy would have told her, you only have sex with your husband, but this is what you do with your husband. Like, she would not have sent her daughter in with not knowing. So Catherine would have known what what was expected of her. As we'll later find out, she was a very persistent woman. But it wasn't she up would. to her. What if Arthur didn't perform? So that's the only thing that I think maybe they didn't have sex because she was just thinking, well, we have forever. I will concede to that, like, okay, they probably didn't do it on the wedding night because they were drunk and full and teenagers. But later on, they were together But later for on, they, sh- they would have. So, and I don't know. I'm very torn on the subject. <laughs> as we can tell. Moving on, <laughs> let's talk about her life as the princess of Wales. So basically, even today, whenever you're a king or queen in training, you're sent to Wales. So we know yeah. Prince Charles of as, Wales. Yeah, he's the he's Prince of the Wales. Prince of Wales. So they were sent to Ludlow, Ludlow Castle? Ludlow? I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Castle. Um, which is in Wales, to basically do their king and queen in training. They had training wheels. Yeah. (laughs) Training whales? They're called whales. (laughs) Training Training whales. whales. (laughs) I like it. It was like they were there for six months, and there wasn't any fighting in Wales. Like, there had been a Welsh uprising, but it had been stopped. So it's not like they were having to, like, train armies or, like, have to think. They didn't have anything else to do in Wales except for consummated up. And that's 
probably what everybody, what everybody thought of. That's what everybody assumed. Yeah, her brother. Had, her, her mother sent her, whenever she left, she sent a christening gown with her. She was like, <laughs> Do it in this gown. Make a, no, for the baby. <laughs> <laughs> for the baby to get christened. In. <laughs> Nutbag over here, Nathan. <laughs> so she, so she, she knew exactly what was expected of her. Babies and, and King Henry the Seventh. He wanted, he wanted some Spanish Anglo babies right off the bat too, because they wanted to fuck France. Yes, and so everyone just assumed they were off there in Wales, consummating it up, making some babies. Because there were rumors also about her brother Juan, who was like. They thought that they had fucked each other to death, him and his wife. Like, there were always these rumors about Spanish. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because his brother did die young. And they died of Of fucking. (laughs) Yeah. And that was the whole thing is that there Uh, were Spanish. I'm going to have to look into that. There were Spanish women and men that, yeah, that Mm, was their rumor. Well. (laughs) So, six months into the marriage, they both get the sweating sickness. Bum, bum, bum. What the fuck is the sweating sickness? What the fuck is this shit? No, I, I mean, there's some theories on what it might have we been. We still don't even know we much about the sweating sickness. We really don't so know here's what. all we really know about it. And I'm going to get all scientific and biological uh, on you. So enough. it's the hantavirus, which Ugh. is spread from rodents, which is not surprising because where did the there black... Was, there's a shitload of rodents. Well, where did the plague come from? Rodents, rodents. yeah. And But the, the problem is with this theory is that the hantavirus is usually not spread through human-to-human contact. It's only spread through, like, yeah. mice to but human. But this was... The sweating sickness was super contagious. Super human contagious, human. but they do have reports in, like, Argentina and other countries where it was spread human-to-human. Hmm. So it isn't all out of the realm of possibility so, for this to but be still, what it was. Even just modern day scientists aren't super clear on what the sweating sickness was. So what would happen whenever you were sick is Bam. You would, you would just break out into sweat. No, you would just there was break all, out into There was sweats. all different there was all different stages of it, but it was quick. Um healthy at lunch, dead by dinner was the saying. Yeah. Like you would literally be like cold and like, oh my god, what's happening? And then all of a sudden you break out into these sweats and just be like dead in two hours. With a couple hours. If you survived the first twenty four hours, you were likely to live. Um, um, Catherine Ar- got it, and she survived. Arthur was not so lucky not because, so like lucky. I said, he may have been a little bit frail and thin and didn't pass that oh, little mark. And so, yeah, he died. And, and Catherine had now. to return to London devastated. And I, I read... She was I read, devastated. I read she was, like, devastated, and she, like, crawled in bed with her favorite Shh. handmaiden, Maria, and, like, literally was just, like... Depressed. She almost died of grief. It. I know. I could just see her with her best girlfriend laying in bed, being like, "I just well, can't she, go on." Well, she she had been raised her entire life to like, "You are going to be queen of England. You are going to be queen." Like it was part of her DNA. And I'm going to be. It's just like this is it. part of who you are. And then all of a sudden, and then everything sudden, slips out of her fingers. And, and it, she, I mean, it, I think her and Arthur did care for each other. So she would probably, I mean, they hadn't known each other that long, but I mean, I was in love with my husband after knowing him for six months, so they could have been in love. They could you have know? very well been, but at but, the same point. Uh, but either, either way, devastated. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. Thing done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Kathy is now the Dowager Princess of Wales and a widow at the ripe old age of 16. God, that old bitch. And so, I know. <laughs> She's so old as a widow. So, what do we do with this princess? And Henry VII obviously is wondering, what the hell am I going to do with this Kathy? She's yeah. lost. Well, first uh, they put her into confinement for a month to make sure she's not pregnant. And she's like, like, I'm a virgin. She's like, I'm a virgin. I'm, I'm, pre- not, I'm, I'm not pregnant. Like, right off the bat, she came up with, no, I'm not. I'm not. We never consummated. And that's why I think she was a virgin. And so they still, so they put her into confinement a month came and went and it was found out she wasn't pregnant and then izzy and ferdinand try to get her back to so spain they, so they well they send somebody to go start negotiating her return but then they're like all these years negotiating he's got another son um he had another son also named henry who was six years younger than Catherine. they were like that's not that big of a difference can't they're like on the surface, we want her back, but if you can negotiate a deal to get her to marry the second son, that would be better. But Henry the Seventh was not about that shit. Henry the Seventh, no, actually, at first, like, because his wife died not long after Arthur. Henry the Seventh wanted to marry Catherine. Wanted to marry Catherine. <laughs> Sorry, I had to steal that. Oh one from my you. god! <laughs> and, um, I think Isabella's exact words were. Fuck no. <laughs> I would think so. No, I re- I couldn't find the the direct quote, but there's there's this podcast called Queen of England's podcast, which I love, and he had the direct quote from like the letters or whatever, and basically Isabella was like, This is unnatural. That's <laughs> like, disgusting. Yeah, like, but that's basically her sentiment. And like, all no. Henry the Seventh wanted was the money of Spain, the power well, of Spain. Well and he Spain. thought and he thought Catherine was beautiful. Yeah, well, I mean, she's 16, 17 at the time, yeah. so of course he thought she was beautiful because he's an old creepy man. Yeah, and um, <laughs> so they were like, so not going to happen. It was agreed that they would just take the contract for Arthur, erase his name, write Henry, and everything would go and, on uh, as To be quite honest with you, that wasn't uncommon in the time. No. That wasn't uncommon for a the spouse of a king or a but, queen to marry. No, her, her sisters had both... <laughs> 
she had two sisters that had both been married to the same guy. Like when one of them died, the next one was. I yeah, can't remember. Maybe very, it was like the king of Portugal common. or something. Yeah, it's super common for them to do that. So, but first they had to get a papal dispensation. Okay, bear with us for some legal shit. Legal for a shit for a, a hot little, little minute. It's a little important. It's a. It's okay. So a papal disposition was required. Dispensation. 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 Nathan drank before I got here. I was pre-gaming. And in Game of Thrones, they would say, you're in your cups. I'm well in my cups. So they had to get a papal dispensation to marry because, okay, they were cousins. They were related. No, it's it's because your, your brother's wife was now considered your sister. It's incest. Yeah. So they were like, you've got to get a papal dispensation to say... It's not a big deal. This is cool. But back then, then, papal dispensation, like, royal couples had to get them all the damn time because cousins were always marrying cousins. But that was the thing. It's like, whenever you're a rich king of England, you're like, hey, we need to make this alliance, and I'm going to give the Pope money, and the Pope's like, hey, uh, I'm going to Pope, but marry whoever. Marry your cousin. It's cool. Give me the money. And also, it would have been in the interest of the Pope because it would stop fighting and because he just fucking loved Spain. And, and it would unify like, all the people that he were was in like, Spain. It's Isabella, do what you want. You know, so the Pope's not, absolutely has no issue giving them the go-ahead to give. Yeah, he's like, he's like, you're good, you're good, go, 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 go. Well, Kathy was like, well, I was never really... Yeah, the whole time she was like, I was never really his wife because we never boned. But then they put, they put in the papal dispensation. It's basically, it says, even if they did. Because it was, it's sort of yeah. like alluded to like, okay, she says they never did, so they probably never did because we don't want to call this princess a liar. But even if they did, we still, we still give the A-okay for you and to that marry was, Henry. that was not uncommon in that no, time. No, it was, it was not unheard of. So let's talk about like So, but big... that the papal dispensation was ironclad. Lad. It was ironclad, yeah. and that's going to go everybody... down in episode two. We yeah. will talk about that one. Yeah. Yeah. So but another um, big moment in her um, life is whenever Isabella dies. Her mommy dies. Isabella dies, and Isabella was a bad bitch. And Catherine will... one was closer to her mother than royal children necessarily always were. And two, Isabella had the money. Isabella uh-huh. had the land. And when she died, it didn't go to her husband. It went to their eldest surviving child who was a daughter yeah joanna uh, she had her britney spears moment where she shaved her head and like joanna literally guys like look it up she like shaved her head i'm sure we'll do joanna one day because she would be fascinating she probably by today's standards you would say she was bipolar but back then they didn't know that they didn't know how to treat this so her daughter Joanna inherited everything, and she was crazy. So Britney Spears, circa two thousand nine. Just think that. So her husband then took over Castile and was basically like Spain for Spain. Why do I need to keep paying England this money? All the while, Henry's like not wanting to pay Spain, and, and it's just this war. And Ferdinand of money doesn't help at all. No. So her. Henry's like, okay, my strong alliance is gone. Why should I continue to support this Spanish princess? This started a really hard time in Catherine's life. So what do you think she's feeling right now? She's feeling lost. Her mother just died. She's in a strange country. She's a widow. Her husband's dead. Her fiance's 12. And her father-in-law doesn't 
care for her and is, ma- is making it publicly clear that he doesn't care so for her. So do you think she felt hopeless? Yes. I think hopeless is the perfect word to describe how okay. she's feeling at this okay. point. Okay, okay. And she would, like, write, she wrote to um, Ferdinand and was just like, help me, help me, and, like, just, he, she would write to him all the time, and he just, like, straight up ignored her letters. Ugh. Like. He's not getting no. a he's not getting a father of the year mug this year. No, no, he doesn't get one in the later years either. So she basically starts a seven year period of her life where she is a beggar princess. This is like the saddest it moment is for me. So in her life sad because she's basically, not the saddest of her whole life. No, 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 it gets worse. <laughs> this is like where it starts because yeah. she's this a, is a, a recent widow. And, like, I read all of these things where she's sending letters home to Ferdinand through De Pueblo and, like, trying to communicate between them and be like, I'm selling my jewels, jewels my dresses. Because it wasn't just her. She had, remember that huge crew? She has yeah, to pay them. They were all. And Henry's not paying them anymore. No, they're not paying them anymore. And so she has to come up, up with money somehow. So she. And so what she's doing is ooh, selling. Sorry. Well, I mean, for lack of a better term, selling herself, but yeah. not her body. No, but she's. But selling her money, her, her clothes, her jewelry, her shoes. And just, her, she's getting, I mean, She's making friends in the royal, like the royal adjacents, all the nobility, and they're basically taking her in as charity. I mean, she basically couch surfs. Yeah, for a no, while. she did. She did. She and totally they, couch um, and, and her dad, just, her dad didn't send her any money, it, but apparently, no help, nothing. But apparently, the pueblo yeah. sent her money. The Spanish ambassador, he sent mm. her money. But at this point, she started to hate him because she felt like he wasn't passing on her peril to her dad like she was she felt he wasn't really conveying to her Ferdinand feelings. her feelings at one point even Ferdinand is like oh if you don't have anywhere to live go live with De, Pe- De Puebla or whatever his name is and she took that as more as like oh no because if I go and live with him he's just going to keep tabs on me and go tell bad stories about me to Henry Oh God! It was just—it was this, and they're betrothed whole at this thing. point. And Henry the Seventh at this point even like he's like denounces the whole betrothal. No, he. So you boys, the age of consent was fourteen. So the day before, the day before Henry Henry's fourteenth birthday, he has him denounce the betrothal in front of the court. Has him get up and be like, "I never agreed to this. I don't want to marry her." He has a little boy. He didn't know. Like, he was just like, oh, dad wants me to say this. And I remember, like, even after that, like, she wrote back to her father and she's like, please fucking help me. Like, what's going on? And all he says is just, it's like, be very obedient to the king is is your duty. Make him love you more and do more for you. So he's basically just be like, do whatever he says. Yeah. And he's basically like, you're a problem, bitch. And in this time, Ferdinand goes and marries a princess of Spain. Or, I'm sorry, a princess of France. Yeah. And so, what a fuck <laughs> you to England. Like, he's not helping his daughter at all. He oh. has zero fucks. That's, you know, why, was, that's was, why Ferdinand was written into Machiavelli's The Princess, oh because he God. did he's stuff such, that was so bizarre. He's such a douche nozzle. He was bizarre. Oh, but then, um, Joanna's, who we've discussed, who's now ruling Castile, Joanna the Mad, or uh, Juana la Loca. Brittany 2009. Brittany. <laughs> she shaved Brittany of it's Renaissance Europe. <laughs> it's the Brittany bitch. She, her husband dies. 
husband died, and she like kept his body in her bed. I know, I read that oh, too. It's so like weird. for months. It's so weird. It was so weird. So he Wouldn't died. That stink. Oh, he sorry. died. So ooh. so Ferdinand came in and was now like de facto ruler of Castile again. So he got the power again. And so then him and Henry, who always hated each other, kind of started to work together again. <laughs> Things look like they might look up for... I'm sorry, I'm laughing because it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> it never worked. They were both such petty bitches. Yeah. Henry and Ferdinand. They were. They were both petty fucking bitches. Things are starting to look up for Catherine. And then Henry dies. He hits the fucking bucket. He died of TB. As you do. Is it hit the bucket or kick the bucket? I think it's kick, kick the bucket. But you know what? Here on Queen's Podcast, you can hit the bucket, you too, if you want. You just love that bucket. <laughs> just give me that bucket. So, so now Henry VIII is, who's 18 years old right now, is now like, hey, you're the king. <laughs> and so Henry VIII is 18. thing about him, he loves the idea. He loves all chivalry roles. And so... In his eyes, Catherine of Aragon, who he's grown up with. I mean, he's 18, so he's known her since he was, like, 10 or whatever. He views her as, like, this damsel in distress. And he is a knight in shining armor. And he is the only person in the world that can save her right now. So right after Henry VII dies, Henry VIII steps up and is like, I'm going to marry you. Yeah, and I actually read, like, it within Henry's court, they were like... Hey, you shouldn't be like your dad. Don't be like oh, your dad. Oh, he wanted to be the opposite of his yeah. dad. You he need to party. To be... You need to party. Have a good time. Be a good guy. Just he wanted to out. be like Henry V. Which, again, for if you're new to history, Henry V was conquering king. Um, whereas Henry VII was very England for England, money yeah. grubbing. Let's just stay here and count our coins. Like the Donald Trump of our time. <laughs> America oh, first. My God. <laughs> Kill that me now. Is perfect. <laughs> Sorry I had to make that parallel. Oh my God. But anyway, I did. Hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast in four years, <laughs> that's no longer our problem. Henry VIII is like, I'm here to save you. And I mean, she's only 23, so she's still very beautiful. And he viewed her as a damsel in distress, so he's knight in shining armor, and he saves her. And they're married soon after. And he basically was like, hey, you are the Queen of England. Let's talk about Henry VIII right now, because I feel like we do need to, like, when you think of Henry VIII, Ugh. you think of the big, fat guy eating a turkey leg. Well, that's that's whenever he was, like, that in his 40s. That is not this Henry. When he was young. This and Henry he was... is was described as the most ha- handsome prince in uh, Europe. I bet if I saw Henry today in a bar, I'd be like, yo, I bone him. But, I mean, that's <laughs> about it. But he was, later um, on in life, maybe not. Because no. he was a cray Well, he was, um, so he was super tall. He was over six foot, which I think, like, the average male height at this time was, like, 5'7". So he's six foot heaven. <laughs> he is. <laughs> I wish y'all could have seen the face Nathan made after he made that joke. He is six foot heaven. <laughs> He is super athletic, so he's very muscly. I think, oh, who is that redhead? Who's that guy that plays him in Wolf Hall? Um, Damian Lewis. I think that's like picture a very tall, young and muscular Damian Lewis. And that's probably what we're looking at right now. No Ron Weasley from Harry Potter? (laughs) 
I've never seen any Harry Potter. Please don't send us. Please don't send us hate mail. Uh, you should send hate mail because I'm about to send her hate mail, and I know the girl. <laughs> How weird would it be for me to get hate mail from you sitting across the table, <laughs> dear Katie? Ear day, eighty k. Anyway, so he is sexy AF, and she's beautiful, and they get married. They have a very, very low key wedding. And she totally hit the jackpot, by the way. (laughs) She is like, Henry VII died in April, and then they were married in June. And it really, (laughs) they didn't have a big, Henry was never big on big weddings. No, he always had a small, quaint, So they had a small, quick, fast wedding. Because he was about to have uh, eight other ones. (laughs) No, seven other ones. Right, wait. Six altogether. Six altogether. I can't even. Nathan's new to history. Math. (laughs) Math when you're drunk is not good. I'm Henry the Eighth. I am Henry the Eighth. I am. But um, she wore white and she wore her hair down, and those were both like supposed to be signs of virginity. And right after the wedding, they were quick to bed, made sure that shit was consummated ASAP. And they were just um, afterwards. He was boasting to everyone, and he could not shut up about how she was definitely a virgin. No, no, he was just like. Oh, me and my wife, and she was a virgin, took her maidenhead, did this, like, cause that's what they called and it even, back then. even back, like, even whenever this is contested later on, she says, he knew. He, he knew, knew I was, I was a, a virgin. virgin. Again, knew. spoiler alert. Um, She was a maid, quote unquote, on their wedding night. Of course. So then after that, a few months later, they had their coronation, which is where they're, like, actually crowned and anointed by God or whatever. This shit is, like, so over So the this top. is what was over the top. Their wedding was low-key. Their coronation made up for it. And then some. It's ridiculous. Like, they, um... It's, like, it, it was literally, like, two months of, like, partying. And, like, like it's yeah. it's literally months of partying. Well, but you know what? He is trying to show the country that I'm not my father. I'm, I'm powerful. Not, well, no, he's trying to show I'm not stingy like my father was. I am going to throw these big parties and everyone in London is invited and just, just show the people that he is a renaissance man, basically. They both... They had these coronations, and at Catherine's, the king wouldn't come to the queen's coronation because she needed to be the highest-ranking person there. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, I think, but anyway, sense. so they're both crowned. Everything's perfect. And then they live happily ever after. Oh, or do they? <laughs> so that's the end of this episode. Because there's going to be a part there's two. There's going to be a part two. So thanks for listening to Catherine of Aragon. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, if you want to hear something, just email us at queenshistorypodcast at gmail.com. And follow us on social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have a really great Facebook discussion group. We'd love to see you over there, too. And if you're so inclined, we do have a Patreon account if you need more Queen's content in your life. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for listening. Today. Cheers, bitches. Hello, everyone. Stakuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. 
It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.